Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, spoiler alert, and we are just over a week away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And I am very excited to welcome back to the podcast. San Francisco Chronicles, amazing, incredible, funny, talented, smart, knowledgeable writer, Eric Branch. Did you like that intro? Thank you, very humbled. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, draft is not quite as exciting as far as build up and buzz as, as 2021, but mm-hmm. as I'm sure we'll dive into, uh, you know, could be very important for the 49ers, uh, but yeah. In some ways, I, I was going to say I miss I miss all the quarterback buzz, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I maybe I'm okay with like you know your first pick is number sixty one. Um, I think if you look if you were to do a deep dive as to your feelings last year at this time, I think you'd be just fine with your first pick. <laughs> but I was remembering the workload. Um, I was like, I, we don't need that because when you have the number three pick and you're going to pick like a franchise quarterback, then you have like. It's not just your sports editor who becomes interested in your stories. It's like news people. They're like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have story ideas. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, which means I'm going to be disrespectful, oftentimes <laughs> their their story ideas are no bueno. So, yeah. <laughs> news editors don't get involved when you're thinking about maybe taking an interior offensive lineman with the number 61 pick. I find that very hard to believe. Your news editor isn't sending you who they think the best safety prospects are, yeah. who, who they think could this, replace Alex Mack down the road. <laughs> have you seen this Central Michigan kid? It's <laughs> really funny. Um, if so, you do get a news editor yeah. that sends you any of that, please follow up because that would be incredible. They're like, we don't want to make a big deal of this, but there is, as you said, interior offensive lineman that I think you should be taking a look at and doing a a deep dive, which is, by the way, no disrespect to interior offensive linemen who are hugely important positions, uh, but absolutely, maybe not as you get into the later rounds. It's just the interest is not is not as much. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, I'll say one thing for the San Francisco 49ers, Eric. Even when they're at a point where things shouldn't be exciting, they always find a way to make everything exciting. And right now, that has come in the way of their wide back, their wide receiver running back, Debo Samuel, who has been clearly, based on his social media, not very happy with what's going on with contract extensions. He scrubbed his social media of all things 49ers. Um, He apparently, according to ESPN, is not going to show up for the uh, voluntary off-season program. The Fortnite's report, uh, well, we're recording this Monday, but they report today, Tuesday, April 19th. Debo will apparently not be there. 
should 49ers fans, and I say this as a fan base who never seems to really worry about anything and just likes to go with the flow, but should 49ers (laughs) fans be concerned about the status of their favorite wide receiver? Well, um, I need to be like this. I'll I'll tease a story I'll be have coming out. And, And for what it's worth, I did talk to two kind of veteran agents who have had, you know, multiple clients with the 49ers, just about that. Is it, you know, basically the gist of it, I, I, the story will be like, you know, should it be freak out time or, mm-hmm. you know, should we be ready for Debo Samuel to be traded, you know, before or during the first round of the NFL draft. And um, for what it's worth, again, both those guys said, you know, this is, you know, my, you know, it's, it's April and this is kind of in some ways standard operating procedure mm-hmm. as far as, the NFL, young players, contract extensions, and obviously this is unique in in some ways. Um, But I tend to think, yeah, it's going to be the start of training camp and Debo Samuel will have a contract extension much like George Kittle did in 2020, Fred Warner did in 2021. Obviously, some anxiety, you know, the anxiety is heightened among the fan base because you know, Kittle and, and Warner, whatever frustrations they felt, and Kittle's agent has since noted, George Kittle expre- you know, was very frustrated and upset during those contract uh, discussions, but mm-hmm. that was kept under wraps until after. Um, you know, that Debo first with scrubbing his social media, and now he's not going to uh, participate in, in the workout program, and then the dynamics with the wide receiver market booming. And, um, you know, my sense, and this is not because Samuel's agent or, or John Lynch is whispering in my ear, but I would think Debo Samuel is saying, I would like to be paid, you know, if not the highest, then right up there with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. And conceivably he's saying, I want to get paid more and maybe by a little uh, by a fair amount, given the injury risk I take as a running back and I have a unique skill set mm-hmm. and you say you're going to keep using me in this way and it's not, you know, tossing the ball to me, you know, on jet sweeps or, or whatever to the outside. It's running me up the middle where I'm getting pounded, you know, by 340-pound defensive tackles and nose guards. Um, so obviously that increases my in- injury risk. It could shorten my career. Um and so for this, all these reasons, pay me more than those guys and, and by a fair amount. And I'm sure the 49ers are, would counter and saying, well, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams have done this for a long time and you've had one strong breakout season. And, you know, and also, by the way, we don't want to upset you, but we don't actually have to do anything. We could let you play out the last year of your contract and franchise tag you next year and franchise tag you again the next year. And then we would have had six years of service from you. And by that time, you'll be 29 years old. And by that time, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. Now, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think the 49ers have reached the point at which they would be so unpleasant about things. But <laughs> Diva Samuel doesn't have, you know, all the leverage mm-hmm. um, just because of the fact where he, the, the timing of this. So, um, you know, 
I do think it'll it'll reach a point where maybe you know he will take a little bit of a discount just because there is something to be said for putting all the risk as far as injury onto the team mm-hmm. and take it off yourself and have generational wealth. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe that Devo Samuel, you know, well, I, I'm sure he wouldn't, um, you know, take the risk of playing, particularly the way the Niners used him last year um, without a new contract. So that would mean either holding out, you know, not playing, which I don't think is going to happen, mm-hmm. or eventually coming to terms on, on something. And I do think the 49ers, well, you know, in talking to these you know, these two agents who dealt with 49ers quite a bit, they both said, you know, relative to other teams, the 49ers are not sharks. They're forthright, you know, relatively mm-hmm. speaking, um, and fair. And they are tough. Um, but, you know, they both felt like, you know, given the fit, given the player he is, given kind of the locker room presence and, and culture fit uh, Debo Samuel is and the toughness and grit he brings – that the 49ers will be motivated and, and they will find common ground. So anyway, I, that was a long answer. Well, that, but it was a really good answer. Um, and I was laughing at the idea of them starting the conversation with, we don't want to be unpleasant. Get out yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> Go play football. Um, but yeah. that obviously was not the case, but it was funny. Don't, we don't want to be unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we could do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I do think obviously, perhaps they have mentioned that, but that is not something you want to do with a, you know, a player because I, I'm not not just Debo. I'm not sure any player would respond favorably, and that's probably going to, um, if not completely fracture, certainly hurt your relationship. So well, you don't. And then it becomes you know, you know what kind of. You know, what does that do to the locker room? You know, what does that do to his performance? So obviously they want to avoid that. I think everyone wants to avoid that. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't do anybody any good to make him, you know, play on the franchise and be like, well, you know, we're not, we're just not going to do it. I mean, it doesn't help anybody. And I don't think that he would play poorly, but I just don't think it helps anybody, but he could, I mean, if they said that he could say that I'm just playing wide receiver. Right. And what was pointed to me, an agent, you know, said that he could be looking, you know, a a reason for, because right now, I mean, practically speaking, the Niners can't, really can't, you know, sign Debo or Nick Bosa to a contract extension. They have like $1.2 million in cap space. Right. Um, And and so I'm sure, you know, both those guys are, are aware of that. But the fact that, Debo Samuel scrubbed to social media and is now going to report, not going to report for the offseason program, would certainly suggest that the contract talks are not going well. I, I mean, there has to be a, a fairly significant impasse here. I, I mean, for you know, otherwise it would be like, oh yeah, I understand. You know, we can't quite do it yet, but we're really close, and I'm sure we have to we can hammer these things out. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This is like, okay, we're we're miles apart. And, you know, an agent did point out, you know, he could be looking at, um, you know, his teammate from 2020, George Kittle. Mm-hmm. And Kittle and his agent argued, you know, with uh, some merit that George Kittle wasn't just a tight end. I mean, he, he caught, you know, and produced like a, a, an elite wide receiver. 
-hmm. And then he added the blocking element. And, you know, so he was this not tight end. They didn't come up with a similar position like wide back. But, you know, he was like this offensive weapon. Mm -hmm. And at the time, this is before Kelsey's deal, but, you know, he crushed the tight end market. I think it was Austin Hooper who was the highest paid tight end at like $10 million a year and Kittle was like $15 million. And and so if if Debo Samuel is saying, well, I'm a similar type of weapon like like Mm -hmm. Kittle in a different way, and I don't just want to be the top guy, I want to crush you know, the market, because what I do is, is so special and, and borderline unprecedented. And so, you know, 30 million per year for Tyreek Hill, you know, had about $34 million for, for me. And then you could see where like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, <laughs> we're not doing that. Okay, well, I think I'm going to scrub my social media. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think I'm going to report to the offseason program. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. That just uh, that was a thought that you know you know made some sense, but it would explain why Debo is going to you know these public you know doing doing these public things um, that strongly suggest they're not real close as far as where they think this contract should land. And before we end the Debo discussion uh, and move on to the draft, you said something earlier that I just would like to ask about. You know, you said they could be saying to him, well, Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams have been doing this for a while. You've had one breakout season. Is that is that something they're going to have to budge on? Because I, I think you make a good point there. But when it comes down to it. Right. Yeah, I keep for these agents, but they were, they just provided interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and one guy said, well, you know, that's the argument that they always use when you say, well, he's only, you know, you say, you know, I've got this great young client. He deserves this. And then the NFL teams will say, well, he's unproven. He's only done it one year. Mm-hmm. And then when a guy does it over and over again, they say, well, he's like 29 years old. He's really old. So, you know, we can't give him all this money mm-hmm. um, to try to play both ways. You know, generally, you're going to pay a guy for what you think he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there still is, you know, injury questions, you know, disregarding Debo playing running back. I mean, he had a lot of hamstring and, and lower leg issues dating back to to uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think what we saw from Debo Samuel last year, so b- barring injury, is representative of what he can do in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And so that would be, you know, the Samuels camp argument and the 49ers would say, yeah, well, you know, this time last year, everyone thought Brandon Ayuk was the top wide receiver and you'd had like 11,000 or 1100 receiving yards and you missed 10 games due to injuries in your first two years. So, you know, you're, you're asking us, we, we love you to death, Debo, all the, all the things they would say, but you're asking us to take a bit of a leap of faith to pay you this much money based on one wonderfully incredible (laughs) lights out season. They should have you involved because the way that you are sharing what you think these conversations are like, you're really really calm. Like you're really, you're really like nice about it. You say things like we don't want to be unpleasant. We love you Debo. I think you should be involved here. I just, I'm just throwing it out there as something that they should consider because 
I mean, by well, the time you're done yeah. talking to me, I'm like, you know what? I'll take the pay cut. Franchise me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, NFL contract mediator. I'm sure those exist. If they don't, yes. I, with your endorsement, I could use you as a recommendation on my oh, resume. Absolutely. And we have, <laughs> we'll have audio and video to share. Right. Look, look what I can do. Look at my <laughs> yeah. lack of unpleasantness. Look at my <laughs> delicate awesome. way with words. Yeah, so delicate. I think it's great. I really do. I think it's awesome. Well, I'll be sure to recommend you to send anybody my way. Um, I but beyond Debo, and Debo is obviously a huge topic, but beyond Debo, there is an NFL draft coming up. As mentioned previously, not as exciting as last year. The Niners don't, as of now, they do not pick until 61 towards the end of the second round. In theory, they could end up in the first round. I'm not sure how. Maybe if they traded the stadium, I don't know. But they could, in theory, end up out there in the first round. Uh, but chances are they probably won't. I mean, I think, could we agree that the chances are not high? It could happen. It's just they're probably not high. Right. They could trade, like, all the draft picks to move up to yeah. into the first round. That would be something, yeah, right? If they, they were like, we're going to trade all of our draft picks and we're moving up into the first round. You can have all of exactly. them and Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they yes. could you please take Jimmy Garoppolo while we're at this? With all the, I have a hot take, and this is like probably not going to happen, but I'm going to say it out loud on this podcast so that if it does happen, I seem really smart. Right. And if it doesn't happen, like no one thought it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> right. But when I look at um, Aziz Al Shayer and Dre Greenlaw, you know, both being free agents after next year. They're probably not going to re-sign both of them. Drake Greenlaw has had some injury things. My hot take is that Drake Greenlaw is going to be part of a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Oh, wow. It's a hot take. Smoking. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say scorching, but also smoking. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, um, wow. I just, I'm so caught off guard by that. It's because it's level, so hot. It's like I said, if, of- it's probably not going to happen, and I've admitted that. But if it does happen, I'm kind of a genius. Right. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I suppose I just feel like my counter to that would be I'm not sure. I guess they could draft the guy. I'm not sure they have because right now they're – you know, obviously thrilled with their trio of starting linebackers. They are. I'm just not sure who the who the uh, Dre Greenlaw replacement would be. Well, would I you think trade Greenlaw or Al Shire? 
I, I would trade Greenlaw green, because you know they signed off. Yeah, I trade Greenlaw. I mean, not I. I wouldn't because actually I really like Trey Greenlaw, so I would not do this. I think they could do this, but also they don't just worry. we'll make sure he doesn't watch this. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to say that. Just trade his. Trade Trey Greenlaw. Just, just do Tracy, it. It's a ruthless business, and you're going to have to embrace the cutthroat nature of it. They're going to be um, like, wait, could reporters do that? Can they just decide to trade some of their money? Uh, because, you know, they just signed Alshir. I'm just saying uh, it's a scorching hot take. I think they could, in theory, get someone in the draft. You're right. They're very happy with their trade of linebackers. So anyways, that's just I'm throwing that out there. And it's really less about Dre Greenlaw and more about maybe with Garoppolo, they're going to need to give someone else who's ready to play and draft picks. And they don't have that many draft picks. Well, yeah, that's so what I was time. saying. I'm not, I'm not sure who the, like the heir apparent there would be um, to Dre Greenlaw. I mean, maybe they love, as I'm sure you do, Oren Burks. I mean, maybe they view <laughs> Oren <laughs> Burks as a star, starting caliber guy. Yeah. Let's not, let's not pigeonhole him as a special teamer. Let's not, let's, let's not pigeon, especially teamer. after they trade Dre Greenlaw. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's a scorching hot take. I'm not saying it makes a lot of like total sense. I'm just saying it's a thought that I had. I'm just throwing it Well, out. no, I don't think it's out of left field. It, it, just because I think certainly by next year, they're not going to keep both those guys. Right. Just, so I do think, you get you some know, stuff? Just you get said Jimmy, get Dre, you get, some, you get some more draft. I'm just saying that maybe like next I, year. Who knows? My biggest takeaway is I look, I realize you're a 49ers fangirl, but you're going to have to embrace some of the cold nature of this, and you're going to have to go ahead and, and trade players. You know? I just traded Drake Greenlaw. <laughs> well, I know, but you're couch, you're couching like I, you didn't want to, and you love Drake Greenlaw. Just well, I, didn't, I didn't want to, but you know, it's just like the 49ers don't want a franchise, nope. Debo, <laughs> over and over again. They're just saying they could do it. <laughs> So, like, you know, I'm just saying, but yeah, I think I, I get it. I, I get the cold hard reality of this business and therefore right. Dre Greenlot's been great. I'm so sorry. I feel bad, but what can you do? I hope you and Jimmy are very happy wherever you go. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's, well, we'll see. And we've got a, there's a nice segment there. If Dre Greenlot is, is traded. Is traded. <laughs> I might get hired by an NFL team. <laughs> Some sort of clairvoyant. So. We could work, work for the same team. Uh, yeah. I'd be the contact mediator and you would be the chief Cla trader. Chief trader slash clairvoyant slash consultant would be like my full exactly. title. Um, so exactly. I'm excited about that. Okay. Now we really will talk about the draft. I swear. I know that I've been teasing it all this time, but now we're really going to talk about the draft. All right. Their first pick is at 61. As I said, position group wise as the chief contract mediator of the San Francisco 49ers slash assistant GM. I'm just giving you new titles. What position group do you think makes the most sense at that point in the draft? Well, it's that exciting area we we referenced before, the mm. interior offensive line. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, just because, wow, it's uh, – well, let's start off with they no longer have Lake and Tomlinson, and so mm -hmm. obviously um, almost by default – Aaron Banks is going to start mm -hmm. and perhaps, you know, that'll work out. I mean, he is a second round pick. And, and um, so let's just say that works out. So mm -hmm. he replaces Lakin Thompson at left guard. Wonderful. At right guard. I mean, they didn't address that in free agency. 
I'm not sure there's an answer, you know, still hanging out on the free agent market. Mm-hmm. And so you're right now you're looking at Daniel Brunskill. And the reason they drafted Aaron Banks was because they wanted Aaron Banks to replace Daniel Brunskill, the weak link on their offensive line. And if not, you're looking at Jalen Moore, who was an offensive tackle in college. And um, really, I'm, I think we could say, um, you know, his performance was such as a rookie. Well, we can say, because this is a fact, mm-hmm. that when Trent Williams couldn't play in the final regular season game, you know, which they needed to win to go to the playoffs, and instead of placing Jalen Moore in the starting lineup, they decided to go with Colton McKivitz, who had not played a snap all year. That was not a ringing endorsement of Jalen Moore. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps if Jalen Moore plays a transitions to a different position in the NFL, he will be a lights-out starter in his first season at his new position. Mm-hmm. I think that's a leap. So I would say right now you're the top candidate to start at, let's say, right guard would be Daniel Brunskill, who they for reasons, as we've mentioned, they <laughs> don't seem to be in love with. Mm-hmm. And we haven't, Tracy, we haven't even discussed Alex Mack. No, we haven't. I mean, and are, that, you, are you beginning to see why I mentioned interior offensive line? I, 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 well, I, definitely, I definitely am beginning to see it. I mean, I saw it before. I, in my own world, had it like in the third round. But your this whole conversation is making me think it's like, <laughs> get the an interior offensive lineman at 61 stat. Trade up to the first round for your your offensive line. Yeah, and to heighten anxiety, I mean, we have not – I mean, it is April 18th, and, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not been a definitive word from the 49ers, Alex Mack or Alex Mack's agent, that Mm -hmm. he's going to play this season. Which is Um, concerning. as recently as earlier this month – at the owners' meetings in Florida, as you well know, Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan and John Lynch, you know, certainly made it sound like, oh yeah, no big deal. He just hasn't, you know, made it official. But we we plan on having Alex Mack, um, you know, playing 2022. And if you would go back to before the 2020 draft, John Lynch said almost some of the same things about one Joe Staley, mm-hmm. who you might recall. Retired. What? <laughs> yeah. Joe and, Staley doesn't play yeah. this team anymore. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So busy so, trading Dre Greenlaw. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that might be much ado about nothing and, and an incorrect, incorrect connecting of the dots. Um, but I thought it was notable. Like before free agency, Alex Mack, they didn't need a decision from Alex Mack. Like mm-hmm. they just said, oh, okay, you know, we'll just, you know, we think you're coming back and that's good enough. Um, you would think they, they would have wanted to know exactly what their needs were um, unless they just feel you know confident you know that if needed they can address that position adequately in the draft with a, a starting caliber player so um, again uh, it could be that you know in five minutes you know there's something on Twitter Alex Mack has declared he will return for 2022. I just think it's really odd this deep into the off season that um, there's not been a definitive word about Alex Mack. And my spidey sense went up when recalling, you know, the similar language John Lynch used, you know, three days before the 2020 draft 
you know, when he was so optimistic about Joe Staley coming back. And so why, why did he do that? Well, that obviously they didn't want to tip their hand about, you know, what they could use that, how they might, you know, use a first round pick that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and perhaps also, I don't know at that point, if they had a, a trade for Trent Williams in the works, which was obviously the Joe Staley replacement, but, you know, they just want to tip their hand to the rest of the league about, Hey, guess what? The 49ers need, um, a left tackle. So and, we shall see. Sorry. It'll be interesting what John Lynch says when he meets with the media Monday about mm-hmm. um, Alex Mack. And I, I would say if at that point he's still like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we're not quite sure, but we sure are excited. We think so. <laughs> I would say go ahead and then you can start panicking. For those that are inclined to panic about, you know, the center of the, on the center position on the 49ers, then it's then it'll be absolutely time to just become totally delirious. And I've said this on this podcast before, that position, always important, maybe even more so when you have essentially a rookie quarterback. He's not a rookie, but essentially, you know, quarterback going into his first full season as a starter, you'd love to have that center position really short up. And that would be good. But let's pretend in a perfect world, Alex Mack does come back. We meet with John Lynch on Monday and he's like, oh my God, you guys have the best news ever. Alex Mack is coming back. And if he says it like that, it'd be amazing. <laughs> Especially if he throws it out with like an, oh my God, you guys. Um, so Alex Mack is coming back. They still should draft Alex, Mess- Alex, Ma- Alex Smith, sorry, Alex Mack's replacement uh, because Alex Mack, I believe is 36 years old. And so even if he does come back for a year, this probably would be it. Uh, and I think you want to maybe start having that position again, short up. You yeah, no, absolutely. Something. And, you know, I think Koshan isn't unique, but he really values the center position in, in his offense because they require him, they require that, you know, player to do, do so many things. Um, and there's a reason why Alex Mack played for Shanahan in Cleveland. And there's a reason why the, when Shanahan was in, with the Falcons, you know, they got Alex Mack again, it's a reason why Shanahan signed Weston Richburg, you know, to a, a massive contract uh, when he was with the 49ers. Obviously, it didn't work out. And there's a reason why, you know, Alex Mack is back with Shanahan for a third time. Um, so, yes, and you bring a good point uh, up about bolstering uh, my thought about, you know, interior offensive line being the top need <laughs> is, you know, obviously within reason, everything the Niners do should, this offseason should be about giving – Trey Lance, um, you know, the best chances to succeed. And mm-hmm. um, obviously, if you have, you know, potentially, if Alex Mack isn't there, uh, three question marks, at, you know, at left guard, center, and right guard, that is not exactly setting up Trey Lance to succeed. You yeah. know, well, hey, hey, Trey Lance, here's Aaron Donald destroying the interior of the offensive line again. Um, could be a, a scenario you would see. Yeah, good, and good luck. Here's the football. Have fun. Um, we just hope you have a great time. <laughs> great time out there, Trey. Uh, there is a center in the third round that I think uh, looks interesting, and I know a lot of people have talked about him. Uh, Cole Strange out of Chattanooga was one to me that that sounded interesting. So he could be a good replacement either this year or in the future. Um, another offensive lineman potentially in the third round would be Dylan Parham. And I really hope that I'm saying that correctly. Um, or Cameron Jurgens of Nebraska. I'm having a lot of trouble pronouncing names today that are not difficult to pronounce. So 
maybe it's because we're recording on a Monday, but uh, there are some potentials there in the third round. Um, for myself, I kind of see them going safety or defensive end in the second round because that they kind of tend to to go defensive there, but you have convinced me that they 100% should shore up the interior of the offensive line in the second <laughs> round. And if they don't, I'm going to be very critical of the pick. Very, very Absolutely. critical. Very critical of the pick. Um, all right. So those were, that's that. In the third round, another person that would be interesting to me, and I'd like your opinion on this, um, and it's not just because I'm biased, but David Ajabo from Michigan. Uh, he tore his Achilles at his pro day but potentially as a six-month recovery, as a pass rusher, could be an interesting investment for a team that, of course, lost uh, a DJ Jones, but is pretty, you know, well-stocked, stacked on the defensive line. Um, someone with tremendous upside should his rehab go well and, and come quickly. So that was something that I looked at um, also in the third round, also potentially a wide receiver, which hopefully does not become a position of glaring need based on our earlier conversation. But there's a guy out of SMU, a Mustang, if you will, because that's their, that's their, David Gray, that's their, um, I can't speak to it, that's their mascot. So these are some thoughts I have there on the second and third round. Obviously, we know how you feel about the offensive line. What are some other positions that you're interested to see what they do in this draft? You raise a good point with pass rusher, um, uh, just because. They don't. My, my thought was okay. They're going to wait for the um, draft and, and maybe use their first round, the second round, which pick, they could. Their, their first, their first pick on a pass rusher and a guy who could potentially, you know, bookend with Nick Bosa. And so you have Bosa and you know this other, um, you know, young guy who would elevate, you know, like you were hoping to get with um, Bosa and D Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I don't know because now it's like, well, do they think they can just kind of like have Bosa and some sort of mishmash of mishmash, mishmash, yeah, mishmash or mishmash, Samson Abucom and <laughs> Kerry Hyder and Kamiko Toure, who they just mm-hmm. got uh, from the Colts, and um, and and that'll be good enough. Um, but you know, as you mentioned. Uh, if you get a guy who was supposed to be a first-round pick and he's sitting there in the third round because of an injury, um, then that could be, you know, an investment in the future. And you kind of feel like through free agency, you've kind of, you know, satisfied the opposite edge position, you know, um, to pair with Nick Bosa. So um, that make, that would make sense in the third round. Uh, I like that thought. Um, they do also – you know, as far as just some other obvious needs, yes, safety, um, unless they're just absolutely in love with um, Hofanga, who I thought was, you know, okay, but, you know, I'm not sure um, he did enough other than um, return a, a block punt for a touchdown in the playoff game. That was notable. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm notable. just not sure he did enough for them to say, okay, he is our um, strong safety of the, of the future. And I'm not sure there's, you know, another guy – uh, on the roster. So, you know, I think strong safety to replace Joukowsky Tart mm-hmm. um, would make a lot of sense. They haven't, it, we don't quite know what, what their plan is to replace K1 Williams at nickel cornerback, which obviously is a hugely important position. I mean, are they like, oh, you know, it's Diameter Lenore. Is it Dante Johnson? I mean, those are, are not, 
terribly inspiring options, at least not at this point. Um, and it could be that they use, um, you know, they, they figured it out and they'll use Ambry Thomas potentially. Um, I'm sorry, Emmanuel Mosley in the slot and, and with Traverius Ward and um, Ambry Thomas, uh, you know, those three guys will, will have the you know top three cornerback positions filled, mm-hmm. if that's making a lick of sense. I'm kind of rambling. It is. Um, uh, so anyway, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting. It looks like the, I do think they'll get a running back at some point in the draft just because uh, a night of running backs gets hurt, you know, every game and a half at least. Um, and I don't think without, uh, you know, they have a Mitchell and then they have Sermon and they have Wilson. And I think they'll definitely need want to add at least one more back to that. Um, they have, in effect, they do have three quarterbacks because Jimmy Grapple is on the roster. I think at some point they'll draft a quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't expect that to be one of their first, you know, initial picks. Um, but, you know, assuming it's uh, Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld, uh, you know, we need – we need the the new Nate Sudfeld, the, you know, the practice squad uh, quarterback. So mm-hmm. they could do that, or they could get an undrafted guy. Um, so, but yeah, I think we've touched on you know the most pressing needs. I mean, this isn't you know still. I, I do think that 49ers have gotten worse, you know, on paper this offseason. Uh, I don't think it can really be argued that you know the, the caveat being Trey Lance is who they think. Um, he he is or or can be. Then, if you elevate, you know, from Garoppolo at the quarterback position, then he can mask some deficiencies. Although we don't know if he can mask interior line deficiencies um, that the 49ers may have, but we don't need to uh, revisit that. Uh, so I think we've scared. <laughs> Everybody enough. And if Trey Lance is listening to this podcast, I'm afraid we frightened him too. And I'm sorry, Trey. Um, He's probably not. But if he is. Also, if you are Trey, feel free to retweet it. Tell your friends. Get people to listen to it. It's all cool. Um, I agree with you. I think running back, uh, there are a couple late in the later rounds. I think uh, Tyler Beatty makes a lot of sense out of Missouri. Uh, there's a, a guy by the name of Pierre Strong Jr. And I really like that name. I think you're running back with the last name Strong. That's just like... I mean, that's amazing. Like there's strong breaking free for 30 yards. Spectacular. Uh, but, I, but I agree with you on all of the above. But I also think, yes, they probably have gotten worse on paper. But for the most part, this is a roster that's pretty set. So this becomes an interesting draft in terms of adding to positions of need, adding some depth. Um, and this is an interesting draft because really where this regime has done their best work thus far are in those middle, later rounds of the draft. That's where they found their gems. That's where they found some stars that maybe other people didn't see as stars. So I think this draft will be kind of an interesting one for the 49ers um, and you know the legacy of this regime and, and how the 2022 season plays out. Um, I'm just going to ask you this one more time because we haven't mentioned him quite enough yet for 49er fans. I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo going anywhere uh, until he can throw the ball, but do you think there is any likelihood he gets traded day one of the draft, day two? Well, I think it becomes interesting if the, if the Panthers don't use the six pick on, on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, they, they're, I guess the percent, the odds of them being in play for Garoppolo would you know, obviously be enhanced. Um, and, but still, like you say, probably not till. You know, he can be medic- medically cleared. Mm-hmm. 
and even saying that, they still have a, an issue with, you know, having Sam Darnold on the roster and having to pay him right. $18 million, and you can't trade Sam Darnold with that contract. So um, would they eat that or, or what? So, uh, you know, I, I guess the point there would be, yes, maybe the Panthers, but even then you, you have to kind of squint your eyes and, and, and try to figure out how that would work. So, um, you know, I, I – Unless something drastic happens in the form of an injury or something, you know, I think the 49ers might reach a point at, at which they have to release Garoppolo unless they – I don't think they're being um, totally sincere and, uh, and candid in, in, you know, in vowing that they'll keep him on the roster all, all season long or, or that, that they're ready to do that. You know, what, what else are they going to say at this point? Hey, we're going to release him, so, you know, don't bother trading for him because – you can just get them, you know, you don't have to have draft compensation you have to give up because you'll, you'll be you know, on the open market. So obviously they're not going to say that. These are some things they have to say. And I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan know enough about team dynamics and how locker rooms work to understand that, um, you know, another year two of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster would not go as smoothly as, as year one did. It would be, I think, bad for – Everybody involved, literally. Right. Everybody well, involved. for writers, it might be good. Some good. It might be, okay. So it'd be great. It'd be great yeah. for us. But for yeah, bring team, it on. More. Yeah, but if right. you're looking to build a winning team here, it's probably not going to be great. But yes, for us, fantastic. Especially since we're allowed back in the locker room. So exactly, super fun. Um, Eric, thank you for joining me. This is so fun as always. You're the best. Well, thanks so much for having me uh, right back at you. Uh, it was a, a, a treat and a delight, and I cannot wait for Dre Greenlaw to get dealt. And uh, then we'll discuss. You heard who, it here first. Who, who said I cannot, it first. I cannot wait till day three of the draft. We're going to be there in person together again this year, and I've missed it. So I can't wait for day three of the draft. <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. It, it's be plenty of grab ass in uh, day three of the draft. Absolutely. Good times. All right, you guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And with that, I'll talk to everybody on Friday. Bye, all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.